David Iruda on today's program we are going to Ballandering straight away so we are we're also going to Syria and uh, Turkey border today to see how they're getting on we're going back to the whole Moycullen bypass situation and traffic over the weekend Professor Martin Cormican joins us he did not set out to open a can of worms but he does give us his thoughts on the whole Covid situation and also we're looking at uh, extending the city into the county that and much more between now and 12 minutes if you want to get in contact with us, you can do so uh, to our text line 86 It's Monday morning. Good morning to you. Good morning, Chief. If you want to get in contact with us via the telephone, you can do so as well on 0917700077. I want to go to two residents of Crushing Bjog in Ballandurin, and they penned a letter in objection to Ballandurin and uh, to Kilcolgan Cycleway being routed through SAC lands. This is just rumbling on and on and on. I'm joined on the line by Kevin Quinn, a representative uh, of the area and the boring farmers there, and by Patricia Tully, who's a resident of Crushing Bjog as well. And uh, good morning. Morning to uh, both of you today, Kevin. I'm going to start with you first off uh, this morning. Good morning to you. Thanks for joining us uh, today. Um, you've written and penned a very strong letter there. Yeah, we did. You know, um, I think I spoke to you uh, a while back, Keith, um, about the situation. Yeah. Um, and we really haven't had any clarification. We had one meeting with them, um, like a week after I was talking to you, and. They said a lot of stuff, and then after that meeting, we found out that, you know, a lot of it wasn't true. For example, when we brought up the situation about driving cattle on the Bori, um, you know, one farmer would have to drive his cattle maybe 700 metres up that Bori, and what was going to happen on a summer's day when you had a high footfall of traffic, um, people coming the other way, are they going to leave that gate closed while he walks up 700 metres, closes that gate, comes back, gets his cattle, brings them out on the boring, and it has to drive them back up. So that gate will be closed for approximately 15 to 30 minutes. And if you have footfall on that greenway for, you know, of of a thousand people on a summer's day, are the people going to wait there at that gate while this farmer is driving his cattle? And when we posed that question, they said, oh, this is happening out in recess. You know, which was a complete lie. It's not happening out in recess. We've looked at the situation out there, and it's a completely different situation. What so the lies continue to, um, you know, keep going, Keith. Well, when we say lies, can we just maybe let's not throw aspersions out there if you don't mind this morning? I mean, what you're looking for yeah. is a solution to this issue. I mean, I've driven cattle myself a, a lot of. Uh, uh, many, many, many times, and they're not the most obedient animals in the world. So to have cattle being walked or being driven 700 metres uh, with human beings, perhaps in the offing as well, that ain't going to work. No, it's not. And, you know, we... So, again, Keith, I'm not... You know, I, I don't mean to be using the word lies, but right now the community is very, very frustrated. Um, they told us that they would bring us into a meeting... A week after we had consultation with them in the community centre, me and one other farmer, we didn't get a call. We've never got a call off them. And they plan to propose this route in uh, two weeks' time, this new route in two weeks' time. 
you know, so there's so many concerns around. I know I talked about insurance the last time we were on here and they told me it was a gray area. Um, and I, we dug in further in the community center when we had the meeting with them. And I said, what is this gray area? And they said, no, no, everything is covered in, in insurance other than farmer's negligence. And I said, well, if a farmer's driving his tractor up that boring and, you know, dirt falls off the tractor and next thing somebody on, is cycling on the greenway and they slip on this dirt, is that farmer's negligence? And they couldn't answer me. Or I said, if our bullock breaks out and hits somebody, is that farmer's negligence, depending on the situation? And this is a gray, gray, gray area. Look, Keith, I'm all for greenways, and so is everybody in that boring and all the house owners. I even, I live on the main N67 road going from Ballandering to Kilcoggan. And I even approached the councillors and I said, we will, I will give them my front yard. I will give them my parents' front yard, our grandparents' front yard, and we have three other fields on that main road. We'll give them all that area to run a greenway down along the main road. And other farmers, two other farmers on that boring live on the main road as well from Ballandering to Kilcoggan, and they were willing to give their land. But, Keith, the way the situation has gone since October, they won't get one blade of grass off me or any of the farmers now because we are so frustrated with them. They've gone about this the whole wrong way. They've turned the community upside down. Um, and it's just, you know, it's not... it. Somebody in there has to be accountable for what's going on. So the the system has broken down then. I mean, if you... What date were you on with us last in... I can get it outside, but when were you on with us last, roughly? I'm not sure, Keith. It, it would be probably two months ago now at this stage. Okay. So in, say, say two months. So in an eight-week period... Uh, communication is broken down and yet they're going to unveil this as the proposed route in two weeks time without having entered into discussions as outlined to you in the community centre that they would have you in and others to discuss it further. That has not happened. Yeah, and look, there's witnesses there. Derek Prender came up to me and another farmer and said, next week we want you to come in. We want you to explain the safety measures we put in place. Point taken, but but that meeting never took place then. Again, no, it never per- took place. Let's not personalise it, um, please. Stay with me if you don't mind, because I want to go to Patricia Tully, who's a resident of uh, Crushing Bjog. And um, Patricia, good morning to you. Good morning, Keith. Um, thank you for taking note of, of our letter. And uh, really, you're the, you're the first person that has, with some of the politicians, have acknowledged letters that we've sent as well. So uh, we wish to thank you for taking note of our concerns. We would be in an unfinished estate at the top of the boring and we haven't been consulted at all in regard to the development and certainly being a regular walker on the boring, I can see the you know the frustrations and uh, the unsuitability of the boring, but also our estate, we have concerns in relation to flooding that will be posed as a result of any development um, on the boring and also, we have a treatment plant on the estate and we also have areas that are for sale on the estate. So all of that hasn't been consulted with us, the common areas, the management committee, the residents. Nobody has been consulted in regard to this greenway. And we're not, again, we're not against a greenway. We're, we're in favour of, of a cycleway, but it's about the foolishness of, of spending money 
when, you know, there are other areas that were expected for this development. When you say an unfinished estate, is that because there's more sites to be sold on or more houses or homes to be built there's on? There's more sites to be sold, yes. Okay. We would have, yeah, the development would have been, uh, it, it would have been an unfinished estate. So we would also have concerns, you know, and in, in relation to having had tried to have discussions with the council before in relation to a bond on our estate. But all of that has been totally disregarded in relation now to areas being, being taken over for a greenway or a cycleway and uh, no consultation in relation to any of that, no consultation in relation to the impact it will have on the estate but can I ask or you, any future development of the estate. Could I ask you, what impact on Crushing Bjog, the estate, um, if there is a greenway and a cycleway put in on the boring, and if that's bulldozed through, uh, what effect will that have on Crushing Bjog? Well, it will. It will have. It it will affect the whole idea of our estate ever getting finished, and in relation to what impact it might have as well on the residents and the safety and safety for the children who have you know been playing in a common area up to this. So it's the loss of privacy, um, and it's the risk of you know in terms of illegal parking maybe in our estate for people to try and get access to the cycleway, and all the, just the impacts of extra footfall in the area. And for actual sale of sites, how is that going to happen? It's going to impact the size of the sites. It's going to impact, you know, for the people who are trying to sell the sites, all of that, it's left it all hanging in the area, in the air. And there's been no consultation in relation to it. There's been no, we've no idea. We've got seen various maps with, with yellow lines or highlighted lines, and we can't figure out well, which way is this, cycleway going, is it going left, is it going right? And it's it's impacting on our neighbours um, whose houses as well are the opposite side of the boring and there's been no great or clear consultation as to where this boring is going to start where it's going to be widened, where it's not going to be widened and in an area where people haven't been able to do anything with land because it's a special area of conservation suddenly this um, area can be developed for a greenway or a cycleway. You see, I think, and um, uh, Kevin, you're there as well, I, I think I think everybody agrees that the greenways and cycleways, and they did work well in, in Connemara, and they are working well in Connemara, uh, but, I mean, it's the way that the communication is handled, and I know certainly from the Galway to my Cullen um, proposal the last time it was handled very badly. Now, the council have re-engaged with that um, in, in a totally different way. But the situation is, it's all about communication. And it's all about allaying the fears of people. And it's all about people having their privacy as well. But if the communication has broken down well, again... Can I just, can go on, yeah, Patricia. Could I just add as well, Keith, that the way that it's been handled is causing great concern in a locality that was a very close-lit community. And what's happening now as well is that there's a, a potential for a division within the community because it looks as if one area is fighting against another area, and that's not the case at all. I think everybody is in favour of a cycleway or a greenway, and as Kevin has said, they're being prepared to, to, you know, sell land or share land or look at land for development. And there is also the whole idea that there is a cycleway already within and part between Kinvara and Ballantyne, and now they're saying this isn't fit for purpose. And that cycleway that is there... Yeah. Kevin, come in there, yeah. Yeah, Keith, can, can I make two points there? Like, Crushing Big, um, 
they only a couple of years ago when we had real heavy floods, they were looking out their back window and actually I think it was your house, Patricia, that got flooded. Um with with the floods that came from the turlock that are on this boring right beside Crushing Beg. And there's a number of turlocks in that area that are all linked together. And one of them is by my house at the back of my house on the main road. And in that year, I was looking at it and it was coming within 30 foot of my house. So all of these turlocks in the area are linked together. And if they build a road, you're going to create a dam. And who knows what's going to happen as regards the flooding. And you won't be able to tell that till you have a heavy winter with heavy rainfall. You know, this was, this is a massive thing for us is the flooding because not alone that, but the people on the other side of the boring, the house owners, you know, um, they're deadly scared of their houses being flooded as well because it comes within, you know, of their house, it comes between 20 or 30 foot of their house on a bad winter with a lot of rain. And um, that's the first point. And the second one is, Keith, I agree with you completely. You know, greenways are a great thing and it, and it does work very, very well. The problem is I don't see a way that this can work when you're driving farm animals 700 meters on a greenway. It's okay, let's say, um, me switching my animals from one side of the greenway to the other. But when you're driving animals along a greenway, it's just not going to work. It can't, it can't work. You know, animals are a different... No, you know they're they're a different animal, and horses are even worse. When you let horses yeah. out onto a boring, they're just going to run at forty mile an hour down the boring. Yeah, and are, are there horses in that area as well? There is horses in that area, yes. And you know, are See, we going to get to a stage where, you know, where people are going to not climb over the gate when a farmer locks that gate for thirty minutes or forty-five minutes? Are the people going to walk out over that gate? Are they going to open that gate? Who knows? Okay. And now we're in disaster. When there's other areas where we can put this, like the down the main road, I've given them, in October I gave them permission, and another farmer did, to just come down the main road. It makes sense. It works for everybody. It works for the community. Why not do it? It bothers me, though, that uh, somebody said, Patricia, to you, or, or, or Kevin, one of the two of you, does you that said it, Patricia, uh, that the existing... A cycleway and walkway that's there that I've admired for years and a wide stretch of road is now not fit for purpose? Yes, yeah, yeah. that has been, has been mentioned as the reason why there is a diversion. Um, and, you know, in terms of the amount of time that was spent and the, the inconvenience that people put up with during the time while that's been built and, you know, that there's yeah. now talking about taking it okay. in a zigzag route, alternative to that to keep the road, to keep the cycleway separate from a main road. So that's, and how do we know that this next development is going to be fit for purpose? And the point that we're making is that as they are designing it or proposing it now, it's not fit for purpose because it's going to have an impact on environmental aspect. And we're certainly concerned in Cushing Bjorg as well about our treatment plant um, and how that's going to happen, operate okay. in relation to when there's okay. extra flooding and extra um, waterways. And the council won't give us any support in regard to that. All right. I think at this stage, guys, there's um, good people on both sides of this. And I think really and truly you sit down around the table, Kevin, uh, with um, some senior people, including indeed um, Derry Pender and Jim Cullen and others uh, within the council uh, and to have a frank and open discussion with an open mind is the only way this is going to work and move forward. 
Yeah, look, we're always open, Keith. Again, it's the same thing I said to you a couple of months ago on the radio. We're always open, um, you know, to talk to the project team. We were. I was open to go in there the following week and sit down with those guys and talk through the safety concerns and talk through all of our concerns. But all I see, Keith, is when I'm walking up that boring, I see them there with measuring tapes. I see them there walking the boring with a whole group of people and relaying their own, their own, um, you know, interests in our boring instead of listening to the people that own the land and own the houses and listening to their concerns, okay. they have not. All right, listen, uh, let's uh, just throw it out there. As I said, there's good people on both sides. I wouldn't like, Patricia, to see the community split in any way uh, because that whole Ballandari no, Kikolga... That's, that's not what we want. No, no, that's it shouldn't, it should, it shouldn't happen. That's no, a lovely community, no, lovely people there. Not. And that shouldn't happen. Uh, Patricia Tully, thank you for joining us. Kevin Quinn, thank you for joining us. And again, if anybody from the council wants to respond to that, you can do so to comments at galwaybfm.ie. And there's no point now on councillors jumping on the bandwagon wanting to talk about it today uh, because what you need to do is behind the scenes, sort this out, get the meeting sorted, get Kevin, get Patricia, get all the other interested parties into a room and uh, just get it sorted out. It's 9.28. Good morning to you. It's Monday. Galway Talks, in association with Tesco. Find our award-winning Irish ranges in store and online at tesco.ie. A very good morning to you. Welcome into today's uh, programme. Now, we can all forget things because it's not in our face all the time. And um, a couple of weeks ago, we spoke to Father Tony O'Reardon, the Jesuit. He's on the front line, indeed, of the earthquake. Uh, which has affected Syria and Turkey. And um, it's a month on from the disaster. And quite easily in the comfort of Studio One or wherever you are today, you might think life is very tough for you. Uh, but the people of Aleppo and Turkey indeed are finding it very difficult. Uh, I want to go now to Father Tony O'Reardon, who joins me on the line. Uh, good morning to you. How are you today? Uh, good morning, Keith. Um, how, how Again, I start out by saying we haven't forgotten about you, but... We have forgotten about the victims in this situation. How are things in Aleppo? Um, things are are dire and and, uh, and and still very very difficult. And uh, just to, if the people of Aleppo had forgotten about the earthquake just last night, we had a very small tremor. Um, it wasn't so significant in terms of damage, but you know I, I was talking to a lot of people last night and this morning and. It brings back the, the, the memories very, very f- quickly of the, the terror of the, um, the big earthquake just this day, a month ago. Um, so that, that's, that, that context is still very, very much there. However, there is there two very good pieces of news. One, one for me and from all the people, the weather has improved. Um, the daytime tra- temperatures have gone up. And for people who are sleeping out and for all the other population who don't have any way of heating their homes, um, this is a this is good news. The other good news is today. Just I just stepped out of it to take this call. Um, we are we are beginning the first uh, wave of kind of sustained food distribution. So today, uh, about just over two thousand people will get uh, food boxes uh, through us, uh, and that is coming from the support that we have got from. Uh, the public in Ireland and uh, and the public in Galway and there was a really good response from Galway after the last time I was talking to you so can I just say thank you for to the the people who have supported us and and this is a good news um, 
a good news and, and great partnership with with the Irish public. And I'm delighted to be able to to be lifting the boxes myself into the hands of of some of the people in need. And just um, so that, yeah, yep. just, so you did get a good response from the people of Galway. Yes, um, the I, I don't know the actual figures, but the office in Dublin were telling me the, uh, the phones were hopping, and they're they'll be at the end of the phones after this call too for anyone who can. Mm. Uh, maybe donate again or haven't donated but it has been very good and I know the church in Salt Hill the church in uh, the Jesuit church um, they've done they, they received uh, really good amounts um, and I know there's a fundraiser coming up with uh, in UIG for Kalashta or for Shakhtan the Goilga um, they're doing some some fundraising this coming week um, so, so Galway Galway is playing its part Thank you, thank you, Galway. Can I ask you just about the food boxes? Then, what roughly what's in these food boxes, and how much do these food boxes cost to put together for you? Roughly, roughly. So we 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 first of all we graduate the the box according to the family size. So um, we we divide family sizes into a family of 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 one to three, and and this would be mainly families of of uh, older people whose family whose maybe children have grown up and they've left the country. Um, we have uh, boxes of four to six and then six to ten and households of uh, where there are over ten people living in it. So we have different sizes of boxes. Um, the food is designed so it has like things like uh, pasta and, and lentils and uh, birgul, which is a sort of a grain that, that is very much part of the Middle Eastern diet, uh, cooking oil, some uh, tin food like uh, sardines and, and beans, um, uh, some sugar, some, some, some flour. So the, the, the food is intended to uh, sustain the family in an independent way over, we, we calculate about 25 days. Uh, so each household that gets this box will hopefully have a huge uh, support for the next 25 wow. days. They'll have to supplement it a little bit from whatever income they have, maybe for vegetables or something like this. Um, and a box costs about, so the basic box um, costs about 50 euros. Um, and the, the box we're distributing to the, the household uh, of uh, one to three, uh, we'll do. We're doing that for just over 30, 30 euros. So, um, and that's for twenty five days. So, if you kind of say, if you can give a euro, you're helping a household for a day. And like, wow. what a wonderful way to spend a euro. And I can just hear the beeping in the background. Um, does life go on as, as in inverted commas, normal, uh, Tony? Um, and yet, you're helping these families to survive for the next 25 days for such small money, really. Yes, and, and, and life does go on as normal, but next week we'll be 12 years into the war here, so war is normal here, hunger is normal here, um, having a, a cold house is normal here, being unable to get medical care is normal here, uh, and yet there are other things that go in parallel. Like I was at the... I had the privilege of being with a family on Saturday night. They invited me for dinner and they have a, he'll be turning 15. They have one child, a 15 year old boy. Um, so he was an infant when the war began. And I was, I was just fascinated. I was saying, how have these parents managed to raise such a wonderful, intelligent, precocious, happy child? Um, 
and like this child, he knows all that has gone on, but he's he's very balanced, and, and this is not unusual in Aleppo. So the people have somehow managed to try and keep some normality in the midst of what is the most unnormal uh, or abnormal situation. Yeah. Um, but the, the, the issue is the earthquake is a little bit of the straw that breaks the camel's back, and yeah. it's really just pushed people almost beyond the edge of what they've had to cope with. Um, God love them. So, so normal life does go on. Um, I got an invitation to a wedding last night. Um, so a young man that I know uh, and, and his fiance, they, they were planning to get married the week of the earthquake and uh, they will get married now um, at the end of next week. Um, and, and so normal life has to go on, but it's, it's within this context of hunger, poverty uh, and darkness. How can they help and what's the number again? I know they can pop into the Jesuits down in Sea Road in Galway. So a euro keeps a family going for a day. 20 euro will give, keep 20 families going for a day. That, that's the type of currency we're talking about. Um, so can you give me the numbers again, uh, Tony, if you don't mind? Sure. And just before I do, just in, I, I got a lovely, lovely contribution into the office in Dublin from a child. And the child only signed it Tom and didn't give an address and maybe isn't in Galway. But if that child happens to be in Galway and the family are listening, I just want to really thank that child for sending uh, the, 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 the money and the note. Um, okay. And if people want to follow up, they could do it on the website on www.ije.ie or 018366509. That's 018366509. Listen, you keep strong and we'll, we'll keep in contact, uh, Father Tony. And uh, just try and mind yourself, are you safe, yes or no? I'm safe, yes. Okay, that's all I, I want to hear I'm, today. On Monday, I want to as hear long as the cork, So long as the Cork herders do well and Manchester United get a little bit better. <laughs> well, I did want to do that awful quickly, so they would. Uh, <laughs> listen, thank you for joining us, Father Tony O'Reardon, stepping out of a meeting there. And now is heading off to deliver... Uh, those food boxes as well. The numbers there again is zero one eight three six six five zero nine. That's oh one eight three six six five zero nine or www.ije.ie or just pop into the Jesuits on zero there as well. We have a bit of a protest coming the way. Uh, I'm getting full details on that now and we'll be back just after these. Galway Talks, in association with Tesco. Click and collect allows you to collect your order whenever suits you. What a bizarre situation has come across our desk in the last 15 minutes and I'm joined by Kieran Christie who's the General Secretary of the ASTI and the ASTI will uh, stage a uh, short protest uh, today to highlight a situation whereby a member of the Teaching Council is unable to attend the council meetings because his board of management is refusing to release him and the protest is taking place in Maynooth, uh, the home of the teaching council offices uh, today. The teacher in question is Mr Niall Duddy, a teacher at the Presentation College in Athenry. He was elected by teachers to represent 8,000 second level teachers across 13 counties on the teaching council. Uh, following his election, Mr Duddy was appointed to the teaching council along with a number of uh, other elected teachers by the Minister for Education, Norma Foley. Um, but he's not allowed to go. And uh, Kieran Jones, you're on the line today. Kieran, good morning to you. Good morning. What is going on? Is, is it usual that a board of management of a school would stop a member attending such a, a prestigious grouping? 
No, it's not unusual. Uh, yes, it is unusual. I should say it's it's very unusual uh, it, it, that a, a teaching uh, council member is being frustrated by their board of management to attend meetings. In the number of years that the teaching council has been in existence, this is the first time that a, a board of management have dug in their heels in this uh, un- unacceptable manner, quite frankly. And why do you think they've done this? I mean, it, it's their right to stop somebody leaving what? a classroom, I take it. Or is that well, down to the principal? Well, it's the board of management of the school. I think we need to clarify that first. And uh, the fact of the matter is that there is substitution available from the Department of Education, or rather through the Teaching Council, to pay for a substitute for Mr. Duddy to attend his meetings. And it's just, uh, you know, it displays an extraordinary anti-democratic attitude on behalf of the board of management of the school towards the mandate of Niall Duddy. He represents 8,500 teachers in the the Connacht Ulster region. And uh, I'd make the wider point that every stakeholder, big and small, uh, needs to stand up to the plate in terms of their obligation to the wider education system as well as to the 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 more narrower confines of the school itself. And this school is falling down abysmally on that, in that respect. So the uh, protest is taking place in Maynooth today at one thirty, And also there's a council meeting today that Mr Duddy should be at he's not going to be there because he can't leave his teaching position. That's correct. And it's just entirely uh, bizarre because bear in mind that this uh, appointment, notwithstanding that Niall Duddy won an election to to uh, represent teachers uh, on the council, it then went forward for appointment by the Minister for Education, Norma Foley. So essentially the Board of Management of Athenry Presentation Secondary School are thumbing their nose at Norma Foley, at the Minister for Education, who is appointed Niall Duddy and would have done so with, with the expectations that he would ca- be permitted by his Board of Management to carry out his duties. So why have the protest of Mr Duddy can't be there because he's the affected one here? So why, well, no, why he have can't it be a protest today? He, he, he'll be at work. Uh, and and we, we held a protest last October uh, at the school in relation to this. It was publicised at the time. And we left time and space in the meantime for the school to reconsider the matter. But they haven't done so. And they've dug in. And it's very unfortunate. There must be a reason for this that I'm just not seeing, though, today, uh, Karen Christie. Well, Can you enlighten to fathom me? From our point of view, because uh, as I say, substitution is available. There will be a teacher in front of Mr. Duddy's students while he's away at this meeting and, and every other meeting he will be attending. So uh, it defies logic. Have you come across this before? No. We haven't. All of our members in the past uh, uh, and the current, uh, the other members elected not only across ASTI but uh, our other colleague unions in the INTO at primary level and and the TOI at second level, all of those members will be in attendance at the meeting today because their boards of management take a more progressive uh, view in relation to this, obviously. To be honest, again, I'm not trying to be negative here in any way, but... um, I mean, I know some of the people, I don't know anybody on the Board of Management, but but I do know some people within the school and they're extremely proactive and uh, future thinking. So I'm surprised with this. But if they want to give us a statement as to why uh, this is happening, it seems to me that there must be something else in the background that I'm not picking up on and you're not picking up on? No, absolutely not. Uh, There was a period of time that they were releasing uh, Mr. Duddy uh, to council meetings and then all of a sudden it just came to a halt uh, on the basis that they they felt that it was not so much in the interest of of, uh, the school or whatever. But uh, it it just doesn't stack up, quite frankly. Sorry, no, but if you're representing 8,500 teachers... 
and you've been well, elected into that you, role. And you, you know, the, this is this is uh, provided for by legislation, appointed by the Minister for Education. Um, it's bizarre. You use that word yourself in your introduction and you're entirely right. I did, but I'm leaving it open to them to come back with a statement to us or to call us on 0917700077 and let them tell us why, be it the chairperson, yeah, I, the secretary of the board I'd be very interested in hearing that and I'd be happy to, uh, to debate the topic with them on your show if I would be welcome to do so. Well, you will be welcome to do so. We just need to get on to the school now, which we will. We'll get on to the uh, school, see can we get through. Uh, to uh, the chairperson and let them, nuts and bolts, tell us why they've made this decision. They're an intelligent bunch of people and anybody involved in schools like that, it's a very onerous task uh, to be involved yeah, in the board and there, of management. And, there, and there's a wider question here as well. The, the teaching council do vital work in the public interest. Yeah. You know, they do the registration of teachers, they investigate complaints against teachers. Uh, we know that there is a, a large uh, retention and recruitment problem in schools and, and uh, you know, Mr. Duddy plays his part as a council member in trying to sort all of that out and they're frustrating that work essentially. Kieran, we're going to let you get to Minutes uh, for one thirty today. We'll stick with this as well and I'm asking now, uh, again, this only came to us since we came on air so I haven't had a chance to uh, talk to anybody in Athenry uh, but if anybody involved in the Presentation College Athenry Board of Management uh, want to discuss this further or give us a statement, will you call John or myself here on 091 77 and do so straight away please and that's 091 77 and do so please straight away if you don't mind we'd like to find out from there now I'm getting calls well I'm getting calls but I got stuck on it as well but I'm not driving this by the way pardon the pun driving and, and all of this uh, but we're getting unconfirmed reports of more traffic chaos over the weekend at the my at the my Cullen bypass and the works is continuing there Constant Noel Thomas good morning to you good morning Keith now delays apparently in my Cullen are, were way worse than they were ever before this started and um, uh, what's gone on here because I did drive it on, on Friday evening there uh, I had to pop into the uh, White Gables to pick up something um, and we were routed on to the new the new section of road. I said it was just happening when we got there because it was very slow. Uh, but and then you come up near Sean Kine's house and back onto the road again uh, from there. But what happened over the weekend? To be honest with you, Keith, I'm a little bit puzzled myself by the comments that were made. And the comments were made on the Gather Checkpoints and Speed Cameras Facebook page. And just to let you know what they said, they said delays in my column are way worse now than ever before since they changed up the route and opened up about 500 metres of the bypass. Delays are worse than ever. No flagmen on the weekend. Tailbacks as far as Cuniff, uh, turn off at 6pm. Now, that's very, very inaccurate and, and, and irresponsible information to be putting out there as far as I'm concerned. That page well, has hang on like 7,000 viewers. Yeah, one second. Tailbacks yep. as far as Cuniff, that's not a very far, it's not very, sorry, it's not very far back from where you enter into the new section. But that's not the point here, Keith. I mean, they said that this, some, whoever the, the administrators of this page should be more careful about what they do because it has impacts. And I've seen one comment from somebody saying that, that we're going to avoid visiting Mike Hullen because of that. So, which, so it's, it's wrong information to be given out. Now, let's be fair about it, right? Let's be very fair about it. The, there was a couple of times over the weekends where the traffic did back up as far as Cuniff. And it happened in the evening time after the flagmen had gone home. So the flagmen are in place every weekend there and have been since, since, the, since about two or three weeks ago. So... A surge of traffic came at maybe six, seven o'clock, or whatever it was, and did cause a bit of delay for about an hour or so. I passed through myself at, uh, on Friday evening, I think it was, I passed through it, and you could see the tailback of traffic was there. I came back out again, I think by 7.30, and I just flew right through. So 
it's unfortunate, and I don't. I'm not saying that some of the people that are getting caught in that delay. It's unfortunate for them or whatever. But it's 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 minimal. It's a minimal time that these delays are happening. In to be honest, no. so it's unfair, as I said, to be putting out uh, your comments like that because the, the traffic management, I have to say, has been absolutely superb since this since I've, after the first week. Of, of when it started okay, but because they made the adjustments uh, that had to be made yeah but take me through now though so you now come down past uh, you, you turn right well the road just goes right you go d- along yes. a section of the um, of the new, uh, of, the by- new of the new bypass and then you come down to the roundabout and you're directed and you go up left so you do uh, towards Tim Kine's old house there and you turn left up there and depending then on the lights, then there's lights then controlling. So if you get the red, red green light, you go, red light, you wait, and vice versa when it comes that's to people coming yeah, out of town. That's what's supposed to happen, Keith, but unfortunately there are some people who are actually skipping the lights. And, and, it, and, and it, happened, it has happened on a couple of occasions where, let's say the front two or three cars may have actually stopped at a red light, and then a bunch of cars behind them will overtake them. It is happening. So it's just, it's dangerous, like to be honest with you. And that can actually actually lead to more delays as well if they meet oncoming traffic. Like so people should be more careful about how they how they behave in their driving uh, behaviour as well there, like it also but look at Keith, there's, there's there's some very positive news anyway for everybody as well. And that is that it's looking like that even by as early as Friday evening of this week we could be up to uh, opened up for two lanes again all the time. Now that it, that it may take it. Look at it's a possibility there could be a delay. It may go into the very early part of next week. But it's looking like as I said from this weekend, there's a good chance that we'll be up to two lanes again there. So like it's 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 moving along very very nicely. The whole the whole lot of the works here and tying in the the actual bypass to the existing M59. And uh, on the other side of things, Keith, as well, for granted, just let people know, I suppose in two or three weeks' time, they will be moving down to the Drimkong side of things, on the up the right side of my column village, you could say, where they'll be tying the road in there as well to the M59. But there's not going to be near as much uh, disruption from that side because there's going to be temporary diversions put in place there that will allow for two lanes of traffic to flow most of the time. Now, there will be some days that uh, that this will have to be reduced to one lane, but it won't be for, for very long periods of time at all. So it's 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 good news, really, to be honest with you. It looks like we're coming to an end of these works. And now, wh- look, I should I should have said it to you, actually too as well there, Keith. Side, but but on the Clyde side of things, I said to you from Friday we could possibly be up to two lanes again. But in between that, over the week or two after that, there may be one or two days as well that might have to go back down to one lane again, where they have to do some line marking or something like that. You know, but it won't be anything major. All right. Um, so effectively, then it's business as usual. So it is. Um, it is, Keith, yeah, and, and, and look, when, when is it all? When, when is the whole project going to be over? When will When will it be open? When will the whole um, bypass? When will when, when will that be open? When will it be finished? Oh, the whole bypass, Keith, is going to take, I suppose, if any time into the autumn, late, late autumn, I would imagine myself, you know. Okay. So it was a twenty-two months contract at the beginning when it started, and it started in two in what to December, I think it was, or yeah, I think it was December, a year and a half ago, so. No, they're doing very well, and I have to say. Ah, they are. They're doing All right. Good, yeah. Okay. Listen, thanks for joining us again uh, today. That's uh, Councillor Thomas uh, there. And got a problem with the Facebook page? Take it up with the operator or the monitor of that um, if you want. Don't forget, too, by the way, we are going to be in Wildlands in McCullen this coming Friday morning. Uh, we're going to be there right through uh, from 9 o'clock until 12. We have some cracking people joining us there for a bit of fun. Uh, so if you're in and around the Wildlands area, we're coming from outside the restaurant area, uh, just looking up at the zip wire. 
and John Morley will be going on live with my radio mic uh, on the zip wires they will from the, the highest point that I can find to the lowest point that I can find and I'll be the one pushing them from there uh, so that's this coming Friday morning a bit of fun uh, in my Cullen from Wildlands uh, we've been in contact with the presentation school uh, in Athenry today and we're just waiting uh, for them to get back to us so we have put a call in uh, to the presentation college and we're waiting for them to get back to us on that um, ASTI protest taking place in Maynooth today it's all happening on this Monday stay with us let's head towards the news desk and we're back just after these a very good morning to you Galway Talks, in association with Tesco. Find our award-winning Irish ranges in store and online at tesco.ie. 